in this building, you can't hear anything because it's like a club. It's like a, it's like a South Beach club. It's just this thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. Australia, how are you going? Here you going? How was your weekend? How was your in-season tournament final? I hope it was good. I had a five-year-old birthday party right as the game was ending. Old muggins over here. Really screwed the pooch on that one, didn't I? Uh, but the good thing was I was able to watch it all and uh, watch it all on my phone. And still be a good dad. Anyway, this is NBA Australia. I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website. It's called CodeBet. You can find that at codebet.com.au. Uh, you can also see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, CodeBet Daily, Fox Sports Lab NFL. I'll pop up on the Cricket Talk podcast every now and then too. Uh, I'm here in Larry. I'm a studios hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all things NBA and a little bit of Australia. That's what we do. I was saying yesterday at this party, it's weird. Now I've done a thousand. It's like, what do you do for one thousand and two? <laughs> well, we get to talk about the in-season tournament final because the Lakers. That's right, the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers won the entire thing. That's right, LeBron James can still play. He wins an MVP. We've got some quarter-season awards today as well, and we'll wrap up all the games from the weekend with some weekend winners and losers. Chockers show actually. Ah, uh, we've got That's Not an iPhone, mate. No mate, Spud of the Night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got some Yeah Nars. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our back take, yes. We'll be serving up a flame grilled take. There is an Andrew Gay's Grey Mum reward for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. No prizes for guessing who might, that might be. And uh, we'll pick and preview a massive, massive, what is it, like 13 game slate tomorrow? That's it. You know, that's what happens. A weekend of slacking for all the other teams. Right back into it. Uh, we'll finish up with the daily review as well, because why not? All right, let's get into it. Episode 1002 <laughs> of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the Shaq attack. Ah, you better. We better watch out for the attack uh, if you're Shaq. Because I think when we had the in-season tournament the other day, they showed Shaq uh, basically, you know, courtside. He got a slap in the old back of the head. The old slap head. What do you reckon? I think it was his uh, son, Sharif. Just gave him the old whack. It's pretty good. And he was like, <laughs> I'm going to kill you later. <laughs> I love that. Good vibes. Uh, I don't know, we're going to have one of the O'Neills, the crap ones down here playing in the NBL. Yeah, I think it's a really, really good pathway to make it to the NBA. I mean, if you shit and your dad's Shaq, may as well give it a crack. Why not? Anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Show with the Daily. Whip around, there you go. Oh, it's a whip crack, Jib, I'll get that. You're in-season tournament champions! Are the Los Angeles Lakers of Los Angeles, California. Fun game, I'll tell you that much. Uh, we also had a few uh, games on the Saturday as well, so it was pretty fun. Plenty to cover in this one. But uh, I'll tell you what, the in-season tournament, the last couple of games across the weekend, uh, you had the Pacers, Bucks, Pelicans, Lakers. Pacers, Lakers did feel big. I don't know if it felt as big as maybe Bucks, i.e. Giannis versus LeBron might have. Uh, you do have one of the very, very smallest market teams in the NBA out there. But the Pacers are fun. And it made for a really fun back-and-forth game. So it was radical. The weird part was, because this is obviously, it's in Vegas, and it's therefore closer to Los Angeles than Indiana, <laughs> obviously. Uh, it was very Lakers-heavy crowd. And that's fine. But the vibe was just still a little bit janky. But otherwise, it was rad. Like, the stage lighting that they have is very, very cool. And uh, you also had 
I don't know. Why would people like, oh, what a look at them. What do they do with champagne after winning the in-season tournament? I don't know. They're probably there with the champagne because they won it. Fuck me. How hard is it just to let people enjoy something? Jesus. I mean, I hate the Lakers. The Lakers stink! As much as anybody, but jeez. They won the tournament. Let them have their fun. How many fucking killjoys are Oh, it's just the in-season tournament. Why are you celebrating? Because they won it! It's a fucking tournament. They won. Let them celebrate. Fucking chill out, you bunch of negative Nancys. Jesus. Anyway, but I enjoyed it. Uh, lots of points in the paint. We'll talk about this. Uh, we'll wrap up that game. We'll fly through the other games of the weekend because uh, it feels like a million years ago now. But uh, LeBron James uh, became the youngest and oldest winner of the NBA Cup MVP. Uh, also the inaugural <laughs> winner of the NBA Cup. The in-season tournament MVP, LeBron James. Uh, did he steal it from Anthony Davis? Yeah, nah. To be honest, LeBron was better across the breadth of the tournament than uh, AD. AD was fucking immense in that final game, though, so you'll pay that. Um, other little bits of news. Brad Beal uh, is targeting you know, a return to action our Wednesday against the Golden State Warriors, which will be interesting. Let's see if that happens. Because it feels like with the Suns, Beal comes back, literally KD or Book is going to be out for that game. They're just not going to play together. It's Nets Mark II. Uh, and the other little bit of news, SGA had a lawsuit to undo a purchase of uh, a mansion he bought from that crypto dude. <laughs> He's like, yep, yeah. uh, turns out there's lots of people coming out of my house and wanting to kill the dude who used to live here. Uh, I feel like I should know that before I buy the house. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they, the court agreed with him, <laughs> which is fantastic. Up there in Canada, up there, I think it was in somewhere in Toronto, uh, yeah, misrepresented the luxury home by failing to disclose an alleged series of threatening visits to the property, happening daily at times. Jesus! That's unbelievable. Uh, pretty funny, though. So hopefully SJ's all good, just weird uh, kind of vibes, obviously. Um, right, that's kind of it. It was like, the weird thing is, you have the in-season tournament in Vegas. I think there's going to be some interesting sort of decisions to be made about uh, the way that they basically push and promote that Final Four. And it'll be very interesting to sort of see how we go uh, getting that across the line. It might move. Maybe they go other places. So pretty interesting. It was one year for that contract, so we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Um, and the other little bit is that the OKC voters are having to fund the fucking dipshit owners of the Thunder uh, and their arena, which I fucking hate. Uh, $1 billion arena, basically. Uh, nothing quite like privatizing profits and socializing costs, because fuck that noise. Uh, OKC, you might remember, I certainly do. They stole my beloved Seattle Supersonics, moved them to OKC, uh, on the pretense, oh, well, we've got a ready-made arena there and you're not going to let us give us like, free money to do Key Arena and do it up. Now Key Arena is sitting there being done up and OKC's like, oh, give us a billion dollars for our arena. I fucking hate this with a flaming passion. Blow it out your ass, you bunch of dicks. Right, other way. Let's get into some game raps. Game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps. Game raps, that's right, the game raps on the weekend. The uh, Saturday games were pretty weird and wonky. I'll tell you that much. I'm watching them, uh, you know, with the squids running around, trying to organize the party for Sunday. Um, And you're like, what is happening? What is Miami doing? Knicks Boston was really fun. Boston pulled away in the end. But anyway, let's fly through this. Toronto beat Charlotte 119. No, Charlotte beat Toronto 119-116. I mentioned this the other day. Toronto, weird. Uh, The Detroit basketball Pistons. You might know them from, I don't know, not being very good ever. Actually, let's go back to that Toronto-Charlotte game just for a second. This is what I was talking about. Like, they have such a weird, strange roster where none of their dudes ever seem to play well at the same time. Between the OG Ananobi, Scoob, Scotty Barnes, and uh, Pascal Sikram Like, Scoob was awesome in this game. He had 31-10-10. That's a very nice triple-double. 
and you get 25, 5, and 4 from Siakam. OG goes 0 of 6 from 3, 3 of 12 from the floor for 11 points. Dennis Schroeder, I am German Rondo, goes 3 of 10 for 7 points. Basically, if their four best players can never fucking play well at once, they're cooked. It's so weird. It's wildly frustrating, and it's still why I reckon burn the entire thing down. (sighs) Anyway. Uh, Orlando kicked the shit out of Detroit, uh, 123-91, because Detroit are horrible, and Orlando are pretty good. Uh, Philly held on against Atlanta. This was a good one. I was watching with the squid, and he's like, Dad, who are we going for? I'm like, the guy's in probably the red jersey, because your dad's got money on them. Don't say that. Um, and he's like, but why are the team in the red jersey not the red team on the score bug? And I'm like, that's a very good question, pal, because someone's fucked up dramatically. <laughs> It was so bad. You're like watching, well, Philly are in the red uniforms, therefore the team down the bottom that is in red, you would expect that to be the red tech. No, that'd be wrong because you'd fucking think normally. Anyway, good win by the uh, Sixers in the end, 125-114, pulled away down the stretch uh, to win it by 11, and Atlanta were right there for most of this. So Philly 125-114 for your Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Washington Wizards could not keep up with the Brooklyn Nets. 124-97 because the Wizards are horrible. Uh, the Knickerbockers gave it to Boston. And then Boston sort of just kept them at arm's length for a big chunk of that game. 133-123. Uh, Boston's defense really just sort of, anytime they kind of needed a stop against the Knicks, they got it. And the offense was just fucking flying. They scored 133 points. The Knicks give up like 106. That's incredible. Great job by the Celtics. Cleveland. Went down to Miami and beat the Heat. That's right, 111.99 to celebrate the release of the Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer, no doubt. Uh, Golden State lost in overtime to Oklahoma City. A great game by the Thunder. Jeez, you'd be pissed if you'd bet the Oklahoma City minus three and a half, wouldn't you? Because of fucking Podemski right at the end, scoring a meaningless bucket as the buzzer went off to cut it to fucking two. Couldn't be me. Uh, but the way they got it to OT was incredible by the Thunder, and then they just outlasted. They got up, like, big as well on the Warriors down the stretch and just put the hurt on them. The Warriors are a mess, and, the like, Thunder really needed to win that game, and they did. Again, hey, Jim, was there any sighting of Josh Giddy in current time or overtime? No. No, there wasn't. Would you play him also? Probably not. You're seeing the way they're guarding him? He went 4 of 12 in that game, 1 of 6 from downtown. He had 9 points on 12 shots. He's not played good at all. SGA was incredible, though. And that team, that Oklahoma City Thunder team, like, I thought that bet that I mentioned, we already screamed about, was dead and buried anyway, because I'm like, oh, well. Down 3. They get it in there. Holmgren gets fouled on the 3-point shot, and boom. He, like, nails all 3. Great job, Draymond. Uh... Amazing gear. Steph misses the uh, game winner. They go to overtime and lose. So, Thunder, up to 14-7. Warriors now 10-12. and 12. We might do a, uh, tomorrow we'll do a rank, a quarter season ranking, pass-fail uh, grades as well, I think, for each team. Today we'll do the awards, and tomorrow we'll do the pass rank, uh, pass-fail rankings. Uh, Minnesota kicked the shit out of Memphis, 127-103. Chicago held on against San Antonio. San Antonio kept this one close until the end, uh, 121-112. Houston beat the piss out of Denver because uh, Nikola Jokic has forgotten how to play basketball. Yeah, it's a bit weird, I'll tell you. It's just he was going up against you see uh, the the Nikola Jokic for Wish that you made that joke about the other day, Jim, and that he was very, very bad. He was <laughs> extremely bad. Shingun wasn't like awesome. He had seventeen, ten, and seven, which is still pretty bloody good, of course, and they won. But Jalen Green had twenty five. Fred Van Vliet had twenty six. Um, and Joker shot 9 of 26. He's had an absolute Barry Crocker of a shocker last couple of games uh, because that would leave him at, I think, it's like he and George Mikan across two games of extremely bad center field goal percentage because he went 9 of 32 against the Clippers and then 9 of 26 basically sits at around like the 30% mark. So not great from the Joker. But anyway, Sacramento beat Phoenix in a game that was really fun. They held them off 114-106. Clippers beat the piss out of Utah 117-103. Paul George. He's out there crushing it. That was a weird fun game too. Utah just... Whew. I mean, they're just not very good. John Collins, it was great to see, you know, the other day after I uh, 
had back John Collins to do a little bit of something, something, but Kawaii <laughs> just goes, this is a cute team you got here. It'd be a real shame if someone dropped 40 on your head. And uh, Clarkson came back. He was horrible, 2-9. and nine. The Kawhi 41 was gnarly, but yeah. And then we had Dallas beat the piss out of Portland, 125-112, with Dante Sexum up Exum. He's back, baby. That's right. My beachfront property on Dante Exum Island is fucking thriving. We're back. Property valuations have skyrocketed. I'm excited. But then the big one, Sunday, the in-season tournament final, Pacers 109, Lakers 123. It was a strange, weird game where both teams, both teams were playing pretty well, but also not great. And then also just being, I don't know, kept under wraps, I guess, defensively. Like, the weirdest part for me was this game saw the fewest amount of threes we've seen in a game all season. Like, it was weird. Like, really strange. Because the Lakers win this game by scoring 123 points despite going 2 of 13 from downtown. They combined for 12 threes, these two teams. That's incredible. And you could sort of see the damage that the Lakers were doing. It was all in the paint. It was all in the paint. They end up outscoring them. Uh, I think it was something dramatic, like 88. I feel like I've got it written down somewhere. Yeah, 86-44 in the paint. That's how much they outscored them. Just driving relentlessly, playing with force, going downhill. And the pace is like, if you're going to knock them, it's probably that idea that the size on the perimeter is not quite there, nor is it really on the in the middle. And that's what really fucked up Tyrese Halliburton. Like, even though he had a pretty good, you know, statistical game in the end. Uh, he ends up with 20 points and 11 assists, three turnovers, 8 of 14 shooting. Misses, the only shots that he missed were from downtown. He goes 2 of 8. But just the sheer size of the Lakers, right? You can start with this Lakers team. You're starting D'Lo, Reddish, LeBron James, Torin the Red Bull Prince, and Anthony Davis. It's basically AD and a bunch of really tall dudes, and then D'Lo. <laughs> like, it's car- absolute carnage out there for Torres Halliburton. He's like, what am I meant to do? And, like, the Bucks threw a bit of that size at him as well, right? But the way that Lakers changed up their coverage and were just doing absolutely everything just to discombobulate him and that Pacers offense, it really worked. Because the Pacers ended up shooting 36.8% from the floor, 24% from downtown, only 10 threes from 41 attempts. They got out-rebounded by 23, 32 to 55. That is chaotic. And, uh, yeah, look, one of my usual rules of thumb is if you uh, out-shoot the opposition by about, I don't know, almost 20%. Then you're probably going to win that game! And that's what the Lakers did. They shot 53.5% and uh, did very, very, very well. It's hard to miss when you're, like, taking all the shots in the paint, and that's what happened. Uh, great start for both teams, though. Like, yeah, they had a double-double in the first half for Anthony Davis. He was stamping himself very handily on this, but it was Austin Reeves, right? Just filling the gaps around AD while LeBron and sort of D'Lo, Reddish and stuff weren't exactly lighting everything on fire. But AD and Reeves, it's like, this is what you just need, game in, game out. And then you can look at LeBron and he can burn the place down the rest of the way. He was sort of scoring consistently. There was no problems. But Halliburton on the other side couldn't get much going at all. Um, Lakers started pulling away in the third quarter. Halliburton sort of started warming up. Matherin hits a three at the end of that third quarter. They were down like 11 just before he hit that. So they go into the fourth quarter down eight. And they pull it right back. They're only down three, right, at the start of that fourth quarter. And then bang. After it gets up to like 102.99, you have a massive Anthony Davis block on Cam. Uh, he has the block on one end, gets the pass out to Reddish. Uh, D-low to Anthony Davis again. It's like a 10-point game. As soon as you turn around, you blinked, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> good defense leads to good offense, right? And that's exactly what happened in that one. It was pretty chaotic, and it ends up down the stretch, just a huge run by the Lakers to blow the doors off them, where it was like 99-102, and then you turn around and it's 99-115. Again, I'm no math magician, but giving up 13-0 runs in a fourth quarter to lose a game is not how you win games, usually. And uh, I'd be right. So, yeah. Um, Game was done then. Like, obviously, you had LeBron with that ceiling dunk. It was very gnarly. But... This is sort of what it comes down to. The Pacers had a great run 
they just ran into a team that was stylistically a pain in the ass, and they couldn't get their defense uh, to stop anything in the paint, right? And that's a decision, but sometimes a decision of like, oh, fuck, LeBron's running at me. I'm not going to be able to stop him. <laughs> it's like you've got Bruce Brown and ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. There's a lot of stopping Obi Toppin. You know what I'm saying? Especially defensively. I think he's still got a bit of ways to go. But Miles Turner's not exactly the most imposing dude. Anthony Davis was just eating his lunch. And then you've got Bruce Brown, who is obviously a very, very handy Swiss Army knife defender. But asking him to sort of do a number on LeBron um, is just that little bit of a step too far. So with Obi Toppin... Bruce Brown, uh, Buddy Heald, Tyrus Halliburton. It just sort of gets a little bit on the small side defensively against a team like the Lakers. So it's weird because the Lakers can look small against teams and look big against other ones. Like, it's fucking strange. Like, they can look small against, like, the Nuggets, and they could look massive against the Pacers. That's kind of their weird, uh, I don't know, gecko-y kind of camouflage vibe. Strange. But anyway, Halliburton ends up with a 20 and 11, as I mentioned. 20 for Benny Matherin. Played all right. Uh, Buddy Heald couldn't hit a shot. Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. There was a lot of stopping. He had 13 points. He had a three early on. You're like, oh, here we go. Obi Toppin, if he can get some more. And he's like, oh, just never quite got over the top. Same with Bruce Brown. Two of nine for his four points. Ten and seven for Turner. He was dealing with foul trouble, a bunch of this, uh, going against AD. The bench, Naismith had 15. Ten for Isaiah Jackson. They had four blocks. Very handy. But look, even though he had 20 turnovers for the Lakers, they had 55 rebounds to 32, as I mentioned. LeBron ends up with 24, 11, and 4 with two steals. Shoots 10 of 21. Reeves ends up with 28. Incredible gear. Three assists. 10 of 12 from the uh, free throw line. 9 of 15 shooting. Their entire bench gave up or gave them 30 points. 28 of which came from Reeves. Max Christie got the other two. Uh, D'Lo did his usual thing of trying his hardest to lose them the game by shooting 13, uh, 13 points on 6 of 15 shooting. 3 from downtown didn't matter because Anthony Davis was a fucking monster. 41, 25 assists, four blocks. Jeez. 16 of 24 from the floor, 9 of 13 at line. He was incredible. And bang. Your Los Angeles Lakers deservedly celebrated winning the in-season tournament. Good on them. Fun run. It does also feel like, yeah, money is good. 500K per player. Uh, it also feels like it could have been nicer if there had have been something else kind of maybe a little bit at stake, like choosing your first-round opponent or something in the playoffs or a dis- like locking away a playoff spot because it's going to be weird if you win the fucking in-season tournament and then aren't in the playoffs. But anyway, uh, let's do some weekend winners and losers after all that, shall we? Oh, my God. I won! I won! Ah! <laughs> <coughs> Recapping our day's top story, the winner of today's state lottery is... Me. Me. Ken, Ken Brockman. Brockman. <clears throat> Can we get shot a shot me. There you go. Yeah, weekend winners, obviously the Lakers. They won the in-season tournament. That is awesome. It was great. They were massive. They were fantastic. I loved it. And like the way that they just put the fucking pedal to the metal in that fourth quarter was wildly impressive. They're like, this is cute. Fuck off, Pacers. <laughs> Bang. What they went. LeBron James is a weekend winner. Why is that, Jim? I don't know, because he won another thing. You know, four titles, uh, still not as many as Kobe, let alone MJ. Uh, It's not even as many as Magic, so a bit of a weird one. But now he can say, and LeBron defenders can always say, oh, well, MJ never won an NBA Cup. It's because he's too busy winning NBA championships, but still. uh, Good on him. That's another one to add to the resume. Dante, sex him up, X him, and the new dad Mavs. How good are they? They kicked the shit out of the Blazers. Uh, Dante played his best game of the season starting. We'll talk about that in the NBA Australia Australian Player Watch. But he was great. Luca crushing it. Got that new dad strength. Strength. To quote Mark Jackson, strength. Uh, Sacramento Kings. That was a good win by Phoenix. Over Phoenix, rather. In Phoenix. God, they were good in that game. Uh, the Clippers keep on winning, keep on winning, keep on winning. That's how they go. They just need to keep on winning. Just ignore everything else. Just keep on winning, Clippers. Like if Hawaii. He's going to help out every so often and drop 41, then that's good. But that's exactly what the Clippers need to see because it looks so janky at times, even though they're what? Now they're above 500. They just need to keep that fucking rolling. 
Uh, and the Pacers. Oh, but Jim, they lost the in-season tournament final. How could they possibly be winners? Because it was fucking cool. What a story. I loved it. Fuck it up. I wish that people actually covered basketball liked basketball because this was a great story. The Pacers were fun as shit. Halliburton took a giant leap. And basically, this is a shot across the bow for the rest of the NBA, isn't it? It's like, yeah, we might be the best offensive team in the NBA. You might be able to score plenty on us as well because we're very bad defensively, but we're fucking good. And when it matters, we can kick the shit out of someone like Boston or Millie Walker. It's not Algonquin for the good land anymore. It's now like, I don't know, Algonquin for land of the people who are owned by Indiana. <laughs> Jeez, that's probably not good. Anyway, let's do some losers. <laughs> Weekend losers. Jesus. We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Losers. Loser. Losers. The Nuggets. The Nuggets. Weird couple of games that they've lost. Lost to the Clippers, lose to Houston. Uh, Joker's just looking a little bit wonky. It's obviously a readjustment with Jam and Jamal Murray coming back, sort of in and outs here and there. And just like that really inexperienced bench, it's fine, but it's a worry, you know? And it should be. Because losing losing weird games like the Clippers and the Rockets, it's not really something the Nuggets were doing that much last year. But if you're going to do it, do it in fucking the start of December. Well, we're getting towards mid-December, but still. Uh, OKC. Yes, they pulled off the come from behind win over the Warriors, but I think in a general sort of vibe, the sheen is off this weird Thunder team, and they've very, very much not... It's not even being a sneaky mess with the giddy stuff. Like, it's just a fucking mess. They've been bad. He's been bad. The Warriors game was just like a reassertment of, okay, it's going to be all right, boys. SGA says, jump on my back. Let's get fucking going. And Giddy is just uh, not being good at all. So that sort of leads to the Josh Giddy weekend loser vibe because, look, I hope for the absolute best in uh, he turning around this slump. But obviously sport is a mental game. And when you've got shit like this going on, uh, Adam Silver did come out over the weekend was like, yep, we're taking a back seat in the Giddy investigation because, you know, it's a police inquiry. We'll take it sort of uh, from there, and that's why he's playing because it's just it, as it stands, allegations, nothing's been brought against him, etc. Uh, but, yeah, last three games, 4-13, 3-11, and 4-12 from the floor. It's uh, not been great. Prior to that as well, around the end of November, he went 4-13, 4-12, 4 of 8, 5 of 10. So, yeah, he's only shot basically 50%. Uh, like he hasn't shot better than 50% basically since mid-November against the Warriors. So, it's a bit worrisome. Don't like it. Obviously, the entire thing's a fucking mess. So, anyway, Raptors are losers just because they... Uh, I just keep bringing it up. It's weird. They're funking. They're just janky. I was trying to say they're fucking janky and then just like funky. I screwed that up, but either way. The Raps, weird team. And the Warriors, the way they lost that game to the Thunder. But, Jim, you just mentioned the Thunder were losers. Yep, but so are the Warriors because that is a weird team that can't afford to be losing, like, literally any more games because <laughs> they're 10 and 12. They're, like, we covered this, I think, on Friday's show, right, talking about the simple idea of, uh, I think it was Dan Drosher who sent through the ENR about how the standings are basically kind of set with just some seedings around. The Warriors are now like one and a half games out of the top 10. They're out of, outside of the play-in at the moment. They're 10 and 12. They're 5 and 6 at home, 5 and 6 away. They've got a point differential point, a 0.4, so they're just scooching through. But defensively, they don't look that great. Offensively, they just like, Clay is just a shell of himself at times. And you're like, yep, it's because you're old. And here we are. Anyway, moving right along, let's do some weekend awards, though. Like the uh, NBA Australia Proof Performance of the weekend. <laughs> That's a knife. That's a knife. Uh, that would probably be Anthony Davis. 41 points, 20 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 blocks. is just ridiculous. Like he fouled Miles Turner out, and 
They kicked some ass. They took some names. They went absolutely hammering tongs. He was incredible in that game. Like at that start, the start of that first half where he's just out there going, cool, here's a double-double on your head. Like it's exactly what they needed. And the way that like LeBron was basically like, yeah, this was awesome. This is what he's meant to be. And I've been more than happy to shit on Anthony Davis plenty of times. But when he's on, he's a defensive player of the year sort of caliber dude and an MVP sort of dude. The thing is, it's just the consistency. But if you can bring this in big games that fucking matter, that's huge, man. Also, uh, it might have to go down as one of the great uh, performances of the weekend when LeBron threw that champion hat to Anthony Davis. It was awesome. Like, do you know how hard it is to throw a hat, like, accurately? (laughs) It was sweet. So, yeah, great job, AD. The way that he sort of took over in that down that stretch, uh, in that 13-0 run, just to blow the doors off that game was fucking wildly impressive. So, you know, now they get to celebrate a championship in front of people, which is good, and I was happy for them. He was so fucking mega. Anthony Davis. This is what... See, when I get angry about players, it's because they're very clearly not living up to their potential. Anthony Davis has done that. And so when he's a bit shit, you're like... Come on, man. All I want is good basketball. You're capable of it. I want to see it. What's going on? And then he rolls out there and uh, has the MVP (laughs) stolen by his mate LeBron. But he did get thrown a hat. Flip side as well. How fucking good is LeBron? 24-11-4 with two steals, 10-21 from the floor. Just a runaway freight train at times. Bloody good. All right, who's Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 and TJ McConnell, three blokes, what do they all shoot? They shot 311, three of them in one game on the one team. That's incredible. Thank you, gentlemen. Spuds of the night. Oh, geez, how did the Pacers lose that? Well, I'll tell you right there. Who's old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Well, uh, LeBron James, if you ask Paul Pierce and KG. Well, it's more Paul Pierce dumping on K, uh, LeBron and being like, uh, man, he's not a top five player in the NBA, and KG just like letting rip <laughs> into Paul Pierce. To be honest, I'm on Paul Pierce's vibe here. It's like, yeah, I don't know if he's top five in terms of your MVP conversation throughout the entire season, but what he's doing, the dude 39. It's stupid. So, very cool. And obviously, old mate, no mates, he's your bloody mate. Steve Kerr getting remixed by the Suns DJ. Oh, why do we play music in here? It's not a nightclub. Oh, it's not a nightclub. Just come on, man. What are we doing? And the Suns DJ remixing it. Well played, sir. Well played. Pantsing of the night. I will tell you what, that Anthony Davis rejection. uh, And then also a bit of a pantsing flip side when Cam Reddish threw the ball from one end of the court into Anthony Davis, who was injured at one end because Anthony Davis is always injured. But Cam Reddish just throws the ball. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to fucking smash the ball up the other end of the court. And it hits Anthony Davis, who's bent over going, ow. And then he gets wailed on by a ball. That's a pantsing. But goddamn, AD also pants the fucking hell out of the paces, right, in that last stretch. It was amazing. Like what he was doing out there defensively, just as I've said time and time again, basketball playing pterodactyl. I think it was like Bruce Brown that he blocked just before the start of uh, before the end of the second quarter, and like there's like a f- clip of him and just covering so much fucking ground. Uh, but then they have the TJ McConnell block as well, and the uh, pass to Reddish for the slam, and basically that's the go ahead moment. 
halfway through the fourth quarter. Basically, Anthony Davis just pay, like pants the paces. It's time and time again. He was working Miles Turner, blocking TJ McConnell, blocking Bruce Brown, doing all sorts of causing all sorts of havoc, and you love to see it. Who is better than Lonzo Ball? <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, I mean, that would be exactly what you'd expect from Austin Reeves once more because, uh, I don't know, in terms of Lakers guards, uh, already stamped himself as substantially better than Lonzo Ball. Uh, but in this game, when they needed a kick in the pants, exact, exactly what Austin Reeves gave them. Didn't hit a three. Goes 0 of 3 from downtown. But the 22 points in the first half, he had the 28 points overall. Two rebounds, three assists, zero turnovers. 9 of 15 from the floor. If you needed any more evidence about how bad the paces were defensively in the paint, I mean, it's the fact that Austin Reeves just didn't miss shots, basically. And yeah, he was better than Lonzo Ball. All right, time for everyone's favorite one. It's the magic tweet of the day. Press the button, Jim. Today's magic tweet of the day. You can expect magic to be pretty happy about this. I want to send a big shout-out to Lakers coach Darvin Ham. He's a big reason why the Lakers beat the Pelicans on Thursday night. Playing zone, cutting out the driving lane, and making the Pelicans shoot from the outside was the perfect strategy. Last night was another example of great coaching for Darvin Ham. Why does he keep saying his full name? The Lakers' defense was able to take Tyrese Halliburton, the Pacers' best player, out of the game by double-teaming me every time he ran the pick-and-roll. On offense, the team was feeding both AD and LeBron in the post, and they dominated paint points all night. <laughs> Congratulations to LeBron James for being named the first ever in-season tournament MVP with 24 points and 11 rebounds. Both Anthony Davis and LeBron are definitely MVP candidates. Congratulations to the Lakers for being the first team to ever win the NBA in-season tournament with their 123-109 win versus the Pacers. Anthony Davis had a dominant performance, a dominate performance, uh, with 41 points, 20 rebounds, and went 16-24 from the field. What do we say? Thanks, Magic. And finally, Dickhead of the Weekend. Dickhead of the Week! Uh, Nick Kyrgios popping up on that weird KG Paul Pierce, uh, Tony Allen stream as they slander LeBron. <laughs> it's pretty... Kyrgios is sitting there going, what have I done? This is fucked. But no, look, I love Paul Pierce. This is like the dickhead troll moment of the weekend because that was great. Like great, great effort, great content by Paul Pierce. Being like, nah, I still fucking hate him. Fuck you, LeBron. That's incredible. (laughs) So dickhead of the weekend is going to go to Paul Pierce for just some legendary trolling. All right, speaking of which, we'll cover some more of that in a second with some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. Yeah, now it's brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch, get your merch. People! Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it! Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Listen to the man. Go get your merch. NBAAustralia.com slash shop or just click through on the socials. Lots of good t-shirts. Hoodies. We got stubby holders. I don't think I've put the uh, coffee mugs up yet, but you can still do that. Uh, is LeBron top five in the NBA? KG versus Paul Pierce. Love this. Yeah, nah. I mean... In terms of MVP consideration, you'd have Jokic, KD, Luka, Embiid, Giannis, Tatum, Steph, LeBron. It's all sort of in the mix, right? And for a game like this where you're like, hey, LeBron, can you win us a game? He's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Because there is the remarkable stat where winner-take-all games, i.e. Game 7s, playing games, etc., uh, he lost his first two Game 7s, then has now won every single one since. So, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Bloke can play a bit. Um, is he top five in the NBA right now? I mean, overall, probably not. But in a situation like that, would you take him top five? Fuck yes. 
100%. Jazz Oz, add some good yeah nahs. Uh, we need the AD we saw today more often. Yeah, nah. I fucking love this game today and he set the tone for the Lakers. Yeah, nah, yeah. This is what I covered just then, right? Like, it's exhilarating when he's this good. A basketball playing pterodactyl. That's what he is. It's fucking rad. And it's so annoying when he's like fucking limping around. Oh, I've done my knee. Oh, I've done my shoulder. Oh, I've torn my groin. Like, just, I want to see him play. You know, that's all. Simple as that. Uh, but when he does play like that, it's fucking great. Number two, Darvin Ham out coach Rick Carlisle. Yeah, nah, yeah, he did. Those defensive coverages they were throwing at Halliburton just were unreal. They're just like, yeah, look, Halliburton's not going to dictate this game. That's exactly, exactly what coaching does sometimes. Uh, number three, he's not the GOAT, but LeBron is awesome. Yeah, nah, aside from the cringy legacy talk that comes out of his mouth far too much, that's a side, yeah, nah. Uh, LeBron should sign with the NBA. <laughs> oh, that's the second half, right. Uh, yeah, nah, aside from the cringy legacy talk that comes out of his mouth far too often. Yeah, nah, yeah, I mean, look, he is awesome, and I fucking love it. Like, as much as I give the Lakers shit, LeBron's fucking incredible. And, like, watching him do this age 39 is just fucking stupid. It's amazing. Like, I'm going to talk about this in a second, about the uh, uh, idea of face of the league. But this is so rare. It's basically Tom Brady and LeBron. Kareem. You know, to be this good at this age, like, even Kareem wasn't this good. You know, he was a shell of himself by this point. Like, he was still handy for the Lakers, but LeBron's out there winning fucking in-season tournaments. Not bad. Uh, side, yeah, nah, LeBron should sign with an NBL team so he can win the Andrew Gaze trophy because MJ never did that as well. Yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah. I love, yeah, he should. Bronny and LeBron James can come hang out down under and, I don't know, play for Melbourne or something. That'd be fun. Um, speaking of which, there was the uh, very... Talk about a missed opportunity, like, oh, block by Bronny in the uh, in the first ever, you know, college game by LeBron's son, Bronny, which is kind of fun. And like LeBron came out and said, can't even tell you how emotional today was. I'm literally drained. And all I can say, Bronny, you're simply incredible. Damn the wins and losses that will occur. You've already won the ultimate gold championship. That's a life. Uh, he's now also been outscored by his son in the NCAA. Just saying, LeBron. So, bit of a tough one. Uh, but out there for USC, he had the sick block. And it's like, I can't believe they didn't drop the old, ah, block by James! But a block by Bronny, it's pretty cool. But how as a commentator, you didn't want to whip out the old, oh, block by James! That would have been gnarly. Anyway, Scotty Baxter, 100% agree with your take on how Bad San Antonio had to watch that, watch that game yesterday and was going to send a year and a half through about why do we keep seeing getting KO Spurs games with the amount of better games available? Yeah, no, nah, it's Wemby, isn't it? Yeah. It's all the Wemby hype. And it feels like no one making these decisions thought, huh, Wemby might be good, but <laughs> the rest of this Spurs team is dog shit. You know why the Spurs won? When Tim Duncan came into the league, it's because they also had David Robinson, a bunch of fucking good veterans. They had one shit year, you get the number one pick. Like, most often you see this sort of thing where the number one pick comes in and their team sucks still because they don't have that much talent around them. It's brutal. So, yeah. Yeah, nah, I feel bad for the Pacers, says Scotty Baxter, as they need the money more than the Lakers. Yeah, nah. I don't feel too bad for the Pacers in terms of the money. So I'm going to say nah because the Pacers, look, $500,000 for the Pacers each. Yes, I feel bad. They probably could have used that money better than the Lakers and probably need it more because a bunch of the Lakers are on a lot of money. But they probably take home a lot more of their pay packet than the Lakers do in uh, California and the tax laws versus the pretty lax tax laws there in uh, Indiana. Just saying. Just saying. So I don't feel too bad. It would have been pretty annoying because you'd be like, oh, man, like... That is going to go a long way, 500 grand in uh, Indiana. In LA, not so much. <laughs> ben Lecky, yeah, nah, Vince Carter is actually a great color commentator. Yes, yeah, nah, yeah. I love Vince Carter actually on broadcast. He's like, he's thoughtful without uh, being sort of too self-involved. He has a good read on the game. 
and he doesn't impose himself too much on broadcast, I fucking love Vince Carter. So, yeah, here for it. All right, unpopular opinion of the day before we get into MVP and all that sort of gear. Look at me, please. Look at me. 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 Face of the league talk is fucking stupid. I don't know if you've seen this one popping off. Oh, what happens when LeBron retires? We're going to have no face of the league. Oh, you mean the exact same thing that fucking happened time and time and time again when, I don't know, what, Larry and Magic retired? Michael Jordan, when MJ retired. Didn't matter. You've got Kobe after that. You still had Shaq and, uh, a bunch of awesome dudes in the mid-90s when MJ went to retire and play baseball. Uh, then you had Kobe, you had LeBron, and in the meantime, you've had a shit ton of superstars. Like I'd argue that Steph's probably been more influential as the face of the league over the last decade than LeBron has. So it's fucking weird. It's like, it'll be this weird sort of transition from Steph, uh, from LeBron and Steph into like Giannis, Luca, Joker, Tatum, Halliburton. Um, but it'd be like Wembenyama. Like, it just seems like, for me, a bunch of fucking sooks in the USA going, ah, oh, but this is our game. Why are all these, like, weird guys from different places, like, dominating our game? I don't know, because you're fucking, like, training your team, your kids, to play like shit. Like, Tatum is, like, one of the weird sort of examples. He and Ant-Man still have, like, this weird sort of vibe about them, but uh, their sheer talent is overcoming it. Like, Halliburton is, like, an incredible story because he was not ballyhooed at all, and there's, like, this perfect point god vibe, right, about him. So, anyway, stop your fucking sulking. What are we going to do if we don't have a face in the league? What are we going to fucking do? I don't know. Look at all the other amazing superstars, your bellends. All right. Unpopular opinion, let's do some quarter season awards. That's right, the quarter season awards with NBA Australia MVP. Is it Joker? Is it Embiid? They've both been very good. I'd argue it might actually be KD. Instead, Luca? Question mark? Or Tatum? I'm still going to go with Joker. Until this recent two-game swoon, they were still absolutely tearing up everybody. Uh, I'm still going to go Joker at the moment. The way that some of the top teams have been sort of cruising along, it feels like the Nugs, what, they're now 14 and 9. Uh, they've lost three on the trot. I don't want to ping Joker because while Murray was out, they were still really, really good. So he's my MVP. Embiid, pretty similar. They're both 14 and... Uh, well, they're 14 and 7 now, the Sixers, right? So 14 and 9 for the Nugs, 14 and 7 for the Sixers. Tatum at 16 and 5 with that Celtics team. He's got a lot of help on that team, though. The Bucks, Giannis and Dame. Giannis was on a bit of a tear there for a second. Uh, they've also had a little bit of a dip here and there. Losing that game to the Pacers probably dings me and the uh, the vibe on Giannis a hint. But otherwise, Luca, yeah, Dallas are flying at 13 and 8, but they still have these weird wonky moments. Luca's statistically, uh, you know, ridiculous season continues, but I feel like Joker just. Everything he does for that team is fucking special. KD is the one that I'm sort of like focusing on a little bit. But the Suns are 12 and 10 and just have these weird games where he just doesn't quite... He can do. It's like basically he's doing what he did in Brooklyn <laughs> with like basically as shit of a fucking supporting cast. So it's a bit of a rough one. But I'll take Joker. I'll probably go Embiid, Tatum, KD, Luka. Rookie of the year, it's Chet. Chet Holmgren, he's been fucking fantastic. You know I've got second? Is it Wemby, Jim? No, Jaime Hawkes. God, he's been good for the Heat. Then you go Wemby. Sixth man of the year, ask Cole Anthony. He has been so good for the Orlando Magic. He and Austin Reeves are the sixth man of the year so far, backed up then by Tim Hardaway, the lesser. Defensive player of the year. This Stafford Tower. <laughs> I am Rudy Gobert. He's been fan-fucking-tastic. And that Minnesota Timberwolves team. Where are they, Jim? That's right, top of the West. Where are they? Oh, that's right, top of the entire NBA with the best record. They're 17-4. and four. It's their best start to an NBA season in franchise history. And Rudy has been fucking fantastic. I'll tell you that much. Evan Mobley. And bam, out of bio on my next two there. Most improved player, it's probably Halliburton. Oh, but Jim, you hate it when you go, like when people talk about start a superstar. Halliburton has gone from 
pretty fucking good to great. Same with Tyrese Maxey. So it's a double Tyrese for most improved player. Mikael Bridges is still rolling. Maybe Cam Thomas throw him in there too. Uh, but Halliburton and Maxi for me. Coach of the year, Jamal Mosley for the Orlando Magic Men. Mark Duggenau for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, of course, Chris Finch. He's done a great job for the Timberwolves, which is crazy to think because I don't know if he's a great coach. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, best bloke you want to get a beer with right now, NBA Australia Award, Patty Mills. I just want to buy him a beer and go, Patty, it's going to be all right, mate. Uh, worst bloke, pretty clearly, Draymond. If he's not punching his teammates in the face, he's choking out seven foot three Frenchmen. Uh, most likely to allegedly have committed a felony. Well, that one's obvious. Uh, best surprise team, Orlando. They are a delight. Uh, close runner-up, Indy. God, they're fun. Best team to watch, Indy. That's right. Worst team to watch, Detroit. Best punch on that we've seen so far. Well, it's Rudy versus Draymond because that was hilarious. Uh, comeback player of the year. It's probably Zion. Like, considering we barely got this dude last year, um, it's just fun to see him keep playing more than anything, right? And you tune into a Pelicans game, you're like, oh, yeah, Zion. But you know me, I've never been a giant Zion believer. I've always sort of felt like a lot of his stats are just like his diet, empty calories. And it's like, prove to me that you can contribute in a winning way to a winning team before I really invest in Zion. so, But it's just good to have him out there. Uh, and I believe it when I see it award, this one goes to the Extreme Zinger Meal. The Extreme Zinger Meal. Staying healthy all year. That has not happened already. Uh, and Brad Beal getting healthy and staying that way for the rest of the season. That's just not going to happen. All right. What about an Outback Takehouse? Shall we fire it up? It's Thursday. No, it's Monday. What are you doing? It's Monday at Outback. Ah, oh, it's just been such a long weekend, I'll tell you what. But the good thing is, it means the special on today's Outback Takehouse menu is, that's right, Honey Joys. That Australian classic. We've got chocolate crackles and Honey Joys. Because we've got a bunch of them left over from the party yesterday. <laughs> so we've chucked them on the menu. <laughs> Only at Outback. They're bloody delicious, I'll tell you that much. And today's Flame Girl Take is, just like the bubble title, this one doesn't mean shit for LeBron's legacy. Only at about... No! To be honest, I think it's actually really fucking cool for LeBron's legacy uh, that he did win the inaugural NBA Cup. Like, I think that's pretty fucking awesome because it's sort of the one thing that you go down in history. is like, yeah, the first time we won... Like, we ran this competition in season, LeBron and the Lakers won it. Did Adam Silver rig it? 100%. Did you see some of those calls going as the fucking paces? Just saying. All right, we'll take a quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch very quickly and then preview all the games tomorrow. Right after this. This is Chris Anstey and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. Fox Hill Benny still not back. I've already talked about Josh Giddy. He had a bit of a rough one on the weekend as well for the Australian Player Watch. Uh, that was not a great game for Giddies. Uh, 25 minutes, 4 of 12 shooting, 1 of 6 from downtown for his 9 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. He did have 3 steals, only the 2 fouls, but it's always worrying when your team's not playing you in the 4th quarter or crunch time or OT. You know? It's never great. I'm just saying. Uh, Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landale. Hasn't played since the uh, start of December. Bit of a rough one there in Houston. Hopefully he's all right. Uh, Patty Thrills, Patty Mills got out there on the weekend, though, against the Sixers. He played 17 minutes, went one of four from the floor, one of three, which from downtown. So he ends up with three points, one rebound, two assists, a block and a steal. Bloody, just good to see him out there. That's all I want. I just want more Patty more of the time. Uh, we had no Pelicans game on the weekend because they played the in-season tournament, so Dice in the vacuum. Daniels didn't get out there. We did have a bit of Aussie Matty T and the Great Barrier Reef up against Dante Sexum Exum in an awesome game where we got the old threefer. I love a good threefer for the Aussies, but we didn't have Greeny or else it would have been fourfer. So that's a bit of a shame. But we did have Aussie Matty T starting for the Blazers alongside the Great Barrier Reef, Duop Reef. Reef, he had 10.6 rebounds, one assist and two steals and went four of nine from the floor and two of six from three. 
Matty T went three of five from downtown for his nine points, three steals, a block, eight rebounds with an assist in 36 minutes. Matty T crushed it. But the flip side, let's do it. We're back. I'm loving it. It's a massive, 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 unreal moment. Woo! Because where's the celebration button? Press the button, Jim. I'm trying to find it, bro. There we go. Dante Sexum up Exum. 33 minutes as a starter. Next to Luka Doncic, he had 23 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 9 of 15 from the floor, 2 of 3 from downtown. Dante Exum is back! And I fucking love it. God, it was good. Uh, Jingling Joe Ingles as well for the Magic Men uh, back there on Saturday. Uh, had a good game in that weird one against the... Uh, Pistons, he had like just basically a finish them sort of move at times. Uh, he played 16 minutes, went two of three from downtown for six points, four rebounds, and five assists. Bloody good, I'll tell you that much. So good job by all the Aussies on the weekend. Love to see it. Need a bit more of improvement from Giddy. All right, what about Andrew Gay's Gray Mumber Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence? It's the first Andrew, Andrew Gay's Gray Mumber. Clap it up. Uh, it goes to LeBron James. You might have heard of him. He's pretty good. So, as I mentioned earlier, there was like the stat where the winner-take-all games, he's got to be right up there. He's now won nine in a row going back more than a, over a decade. It's like 15 years. Because he won, I think he lost his first two Game 7's knockouts, uh, and then he's won all the ones since, and two playing games as well. So he lost... The two win-or-go-home ones in the 06 East Semis against Detroit. uh, And then 08 against Boston, where he and Paul Pierce went hammer and tongs in the East Semis. So he's won every single one since. That's absolutely stupid. I kind of love it. Good on him. Amazingly, he's also averaging 25-plus points a game this season. The dude's 39! The last player from 2003, the draft class, to average 25 points a game was Carmelo Anthony. A decade ago. Ten years. Dwayne Wayne did it 13 years ago. It's just fucking stupid. But just to like ram home the point of how good LeBron is. 21 years, 19 times he's been an All-Star. 19 times he's played All-NBA. He's been All-NBA. Six times All-Defense. Four-time MVP. Four-time NBA champ. Four-time Finals MVP. And now, first-time NBA Cup winner and in-season tournament MVP. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. All right, Patty Mills Game Day, Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Let's have a look and see who is causing havoc up here on the socials. Where's Patty? Patty, 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 Patty with a good hit. Oh, we did have the Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau suit one, which was good the other day. We had the one with the misses. Patty. Ah, it's all right. We had some good highlights, though, from Patty, so... Go check those out on Twitter. That's my just the way to do it. Do it. All right, let's do some game previews for tomorrow. We've got heaps of games. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jim. How was the baby's weekend? I mean, well, the squid's weekend. Squid number one turns five uh, in a couple of weeks. So at his birthday party now, because his birthday's Christmas Day, which is a bit rough, but. Uh, I was actually taping stuff for NBA Australia when uh, Old Mate went into labour with the first one. You might remember the Christmas jingles, the Christmas carols, the NBA Australia one. I was putting that up on YouTube when, uh, yeah, she's going into labour. Good stuff. <laughs> Five years later, here we are. Uh, but it was great. I had a really fun party. I cooked a shit ton of snags and burgers and smashed a million tins. It was good. All right. Uh, how did we go on the weekend for picks? Uh, I had that up before. Let's have a look. NBA Australia picks. We did, I think it was like 8 of 11. Oh, I don't have it on this computer. Uh, I think we went 8 of 11 against the spread on Saturday, and we missed out on the Indiana. I, I had picked the paces to at least cover, if not, you know, win outright. So anyway, tomorrow though, we've got Charlotte hosting Miami. I'm going to take Miami on the road minus four and a half. I don't like that very much after we saw what 
Miami delivered against... Actually, fuck that, yeah. Miami looked really bad the other day against uh, Cleveland. Cleveland! At home. So they're going on the road to Charlotte. The Hornets are not much chop, but they do have a bit of scoring on the perimeter. Plus four and a half. Terry Rose, Miles Bridges and co. Even if they lose, maybe they push Miami a little bit. Charlotte have more weapons than you think. Is basically my point there. Indiana. That's right. The Pacers, fresh off the loss to the Lakers. They go to play the Detroit Basketball Pistons, who are bad. Uh, let's go the Pistons minus... Uh, not the Pistons. We're going to go the Pacers minus... It's two... Uh, never thought about that. That's two racy cars vibes, isn't it? Pistons and Pacers. Anyway, uh, let's go the Pacers minus six and a half. That offense is still awesome. So I think they'll be fine. Uh, blowing the doors off a horrible Pistons team, uh, especially without Jalen Duran. Cleveland, Cleveland, plus two and a half in Orlando. This is a tricky matchup. Orlando have been really good defensively. I just feel like Cleveland's size and the point of attack with Donnie Mitchell and Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, uh, probably has a little bit too much for the Magic. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic win this one, but I'm going to lean with Cleveland. They are such a frustrating team to watch. And Orlando, even though they kicked the piss out of the Pistons the other day, they've had a couple of little wonky games here and there. So let's go Cleveland plus two and a half. Washington, Philly again. Philly minus 11 and a half. Yeah, because Joel Embiid hates Daniel Gafford and is going to kick the fuck out of him once more. So give me Philly minus 11 and a half. Denver, get right game against Atlanta. Can they pull it off? They're two and a half point favorites on the road, the Nuggets. I actually like them a little bit in this one. So let's go Denver minus two and a half in Atlanta. The Hawks, look, DeJunte Murray, Trey Young, bit of size there that they can throw it. Joker and Coe, but I think Denver is too good. The New York Knickerbockers of New York City against the Toronto Raptors. The Knicks at home minus four and a half. It's another wonky line for the Raptors. I'll take the Knicks there, minus four and a half. San Antonio, go to Houston. Now, Houston, fresh off a win against Denver. Houston, all they do is win, 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 no matter what at home. Uh, and should be way too good for this wonky, bad, bad, bad Spurs team. The eight and a half is tempting to take for the Spurs. But we've seen them sort of just like come up a little bit short and then just get their doors blown off them. So uh, the Wolves didn't put them to the sword the other day. They only won by eight. But I think Houston, with all that shooting, probably could. Dallas at Memphis. Uh, I think this is a nice spot for the Grizzlies at home. A little bit of rest. Mavericks have got just like a litany, litany of uh, pretty rough, you know, injuries because we've got, I tweeted this out today. We've got a injury list that is Kyrie's out, Grant Williams is out, Josh Green's out, Maxi Kleber, hello, is out. And then you got a couple of the other dudes in the G League. It's just, it's Luca and not much else. So it's a little bit of a worry for me. I will take the Memphis Grizzlies plus two and a half. Chicago, go to Milwaukee. It's Algonquin for the good land. Uh, the Bulls are 11 and a half point underdogs on the road in Milwaukee. Milwaukee have been good, but they're not kicking the absolute bejesus out of team. So I'm taking the Bulls plus 11 and a half. Minnesota, go to New Orleans. This is a weird one. I don't know if I actually had a line for this. Let's just quickly check to see if there's one there now. Because uh, Minnesota should win this one pretty handily. But it's a good, weird sort of matchup. The Wolves are actually two and a half point underdogs in New Orleans. I might take the Wolves and that defense against the Pelicans. Utah plus 13 and a half in OKC. OKC could win this by 20. I'm going to go OKC minus 13 and a half. Because Utah are just a fucking shell of themselves at the moment. They really are. Uh, Brooklyn go to Sacramento. I'm going to take Brooklyn plus five and a half against the Kings. They just play teams tough. And especially on the road, they should be okay against the Kings. They'll probably lose that, but Sacramento. Look, it's tough to trust them with a six-point line. We saw them come up pretty well against the Suns at home against Brooklyn, though, with all those wings. I don't mind the Nets. Portland go to the LA Clippers. Clippers, in terms of covering... They're still pretty wonky. Portland play teams really, really hard. We've seen this the last couple of weeks. I'm going to go Portland plus 13 and a half just because it's a really big line. But wow, that is, what is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 games tomorrow. That is sick. Can't wait. All right, but that's it for today. We'll be back on deck tomorrow. So, In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facebook, IG, we're all over the socials. Uh, NFL Australia, myself and Gaz, we've got a special guest on this week as well. We're going to do it in person, so... Make sure you subscribe to that because it's rad. 
Uh, and also Cricket Today, the Cricket Today podcast. Daily show, uh, very short, swift and sweet for you. All things cricket for your big Aussie summer ahead. Uh, that's got Stats Guy on it. You've heard him on this show a couple of times. Does a great job, the Stats Guy. My Stats boy is growing up. Uh, get around nbaaustralia.com slash shop and get your merch. Get your merch. Buy a hoodie, buy a t-shirt, help a brother out. Uh, and check us a rating review on your podcast app. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever you use on your Android phones. Go nuts. Rate and review it. Come on. I'd do the same thing for you. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song and also to House Hats, Joshua Delorentis, Fascinated Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Shadai, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia Sports Train Band, so should you. All right, we'll close out with a quick deli review today, and we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, 1,002 episodes? What am I meant to do with this? 1,002? Anyway. Look after yourselves, would you? And later, hosen. Oi, 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 how the fuck are you, you dickheads? It's your old man Deli over here just swinging by for my latest pop culture review, and I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, so, a bit of a random weekend, sort of like hanging out. Mr. O's like, oh, I've been watching all these like SBS movies and shit. I'm like, oh, you've been watching softcore porn. Nice. And she's like, no, you dickhead. I've been watching like foreign language films. And I'm like, oh, softcore porn. Nice. And she's like, no, just real fucking good thinky shit. And I'm like, all right, sick. She's like, I don't want to watch this one. It's about a chef. And I'm like, fuck, here we go. What is it? The fucking bear, but a movie? And you're like, basically, yeah. But it's this one that's shot in like real time. It's called Boiling Point. It's got like two of the bikes from like Lock Stockings, Two Smokings, Barrels and shit, which I also fucking love, I've got to say. And it's like some British restaurant and shit. And it's just fucking mental. It's like shot in real time. So no spoils, nothing, but it's fucking good. Go watch it on that SBS's app because uh, it's not actually got any porn in it, but, you know, it's still pretty bloody good. And, uh, yeah, I'd give it about 18 out of 10 deli ones because it's fucking good, real interesting because... You know, if you're really into, like, restaurants and food and shit, I mean, you can probably learn something about it. But it's more about, like, the interplay between peoples and, like, all the different characters and stuff and all their motivations and gear. So, yeah, it's really interesting. So go check it out. What's it called? Ball and Point on the SPSs. All right, that's it for this week. I'll catch us next time. Motherfuckers, Deli out.